0: This is The Slant. Welcome to the third episode of The Slant. Well, we did it. We made it through NFL Draft Week. Um, it wasn't really a struggle. In fact, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very entertaining week, but there's a lot of buildup and hype for what amounts to a couple of days of activity. Um, the amount of mock drafts and analysis and film that I watch. And a couple of days after the draft, it kind of all becomes irrelevant. Right? Teams are now on their, uh, players are now on their teams. Um, we're gonna see their output. Um, they're gonna see their careers unfold. And suddenly a lot of the analysis we did in previously doesn't really matter. Um, their journey starts now um, and it's exciting for them and for us well we now have a little bit of an off-season to sit through um, with a few months of OTAs um, training camps um, you know storylines around which players show up which players don't contract disputes all that sort of fun stuff we have to sit through in the next few months before we get to the preseason and uh, regular season in late summer early fall so for now, the draft is over, and we can give some analysis, and give you some opinions on what I thought happened that was good, what I thought happened that was bad, um, some things that were confusing, um, and just kind of overall thoughts about the draft. So let's, let's start there. Um, to start with, I thought this was a very entertaining draft, I think my previous mock draft episode I said it was a very very hard one to predict and that was right um, I'm not gonna go back and revisit my accuracy of my mock draft I think I got vast majority of the players right that went in the first round um, I think about 20-ish um, which is great but better than expected but there was a lot of jockeying for position there was a lot of trades um, the draft started off quite slow um, you know kind of thought hey you know first 10 picks like nothing's really happened and then just boom 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 trade 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 and things kinda of went a little bit bonkers and off the rails um, which is what makes for an exciting NFL draft so I'm not complaining, um, but it was intriguing there was a lot of players that um, people thought were reaches um, and I think really that was because the consensus between the scouts And the teams, like, there was a huge distance between those two groups of people this year. Um, And there was players that slipped into the second round that people were convinced, myself included, that were going to go in the first round. Um, Quarterbacks, nobody really knew what was going to happen with the quarterback situation. Everyone figured that, you know, at least a couple were going to go in the first round. And, you know, Kenny Pickett did and no one else. And it was a long slide. I don't think... I saw anyone out there who's predicting that some of these quarterbacks would be on the board in the third round. Um, it's crazy, you know. But again, it made for a fun draft. I loved it. Um, I was I was drinking the Kool Aid, um, and now, like I said it's all over. So um, I'm gonna go through a few of my uh, winners and losers. Um, you know, I'm gonna stick with kind of the team mentality. I'm not gonna go into which players lost I think that's kind of irrelevant I'm gonna go more focus on what teams I thought really helped their um, stock made a good picks good moves and which teams I thought um, could have done better so uh, let's start off with a couple winners so I'm gonna start off with my favorite winner um, and you know it's because I love them and they're my team And I won't stick on this point too long but I absolutely loved what the Giants did, um, I, did I had not no idea but I did have an idea what they were gonna do I thought they might get cute I thought they might um, go off the board here but they stayed at number five they stayed at number seven and they made two solid picks I was surprised I was really surprised they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau I wasn't sure they would because his his personality is so Large, right? And they're you know, I'm I'm trained and conditioned to think the Giants are still stuck with Dave Gettleman, who couldn't handle Odell and did not want big personalities. Where this is new New York Giants um, management group that seems to like that sort of thing, and or at least is okay with it, right? And I think the important thing that I had forgot was they did have Michael Strahan, who has become a big media personality and had a big personality when he came into the league. So. The Giants have been through this before, and I absolutely love the pick at five. I love that they went with him at five rather than at seven, because I just have this feeling that if they did not select Thibodeau at five, someone was gonna trade up with Carolina at six to take him. I just, I had this feeling, so I'm glad they did that. Um, And then, at number seven, they got Evan Neal, who I thought was the best um, O-line prospect this year. Um, I know a lot of people like Equanu, to me, is a little bit more of a project, not as good in pass protection. Um, so I was happy that the Giants got Evan Neal, just stoked. You know, later on in the draft, things got a little bit um, questionable. You know, Wandale Robinson in the second round, I was kind of questioning, um, but he looks like a good, you know, gadget-style t- player. Um, but I'd love to see them get a cornerback there. I'm not sure what they're going to do with James Bradbury, but um, it was refreshing to see the Giants, you know, trading down the board, collecting picks. They're a team that finally understands where they are. And that is, the Giants are not a playoff team. They're a team with a lot of bad salaries. They're a team with um, very little cap space and a team with very, very little young talent to build around. So the name of the game is focus on the lines, the defensive and offensive lines, and then trade down, click as many picks as possible, and just build this team full of young talent um, before you can, you know, Uh, until you can get out of some of these bad contracts next year, like Kenny Galladay and and maybe Leonard Williams. So I love what the Giants did. Uh, I also love what the Eagles did, and it pains me to say that. um, But there is a caveat, right? It was a huge splash where obviously they traded up to get Jordan Davis. Kind of questionable. You know, I'm not sure if Jordan Davis can really be a three-down player like Jordan Cox. Um, They certainly think he will be if they traded up for him. He wasn't able to play a ton of snaps um in in college so not sure about that but they did trade for AJ Brown which was a huge huge surprise um and probably my one critique of like the NFL broadcast i'm not sure if anyone else found it strange but when there's these massive trades like the AJ brown trade and you know the annou- the announcers you know the analysts they're giving their um, thoughts on the play that's selected and then they're like oh there's been a trade but we'll get to that soon. And then they proceed to talk about you know, the prospect, whatever team just drafted for another two minutes. Like I get they have to do that, but like, tell us what the trade was. I don't want to have to go on Twitter and find out what the trade was. But anyways, besides that aside, they got A.J. Brown. They paid him, certainly, and this has a potential to be a great selection, a great trade, or a, or a poor trade, right? A.J. Brown is a fantastic receiver who's been unable to stay healthy. If he stays healthy he's on the field and Jalen Hurts looks like he's an all-star quarterback the Eagles are gonna be set up so well and even if Jordan Hurts is not the quarterback they get a quarterback next year he's set up for success but if AJ Brown is not healthy and the fact that the Titans were not willing to pay him big money makes me feel that maybe they weren't that confident that he can stay healthy that it's not gonna look as good for them I'm sure they can get out in a couple years but it's gonna be a huge swing and a miss and a big one right so We'll see what happens. But, you know, I did like the fact that the Eagles take the shot on that. Um, they also got N'Kobe Dean in the third round, which he slid because of injury concerns and size concerns. And um, I get all that, but I would have loved to see, you know, um, someone take him earlier because I think he can be a very strong player. We'll see if, if Kobe Dean ends up being good away from that dominant Georgia line or if he ends up busting out of the league. But regardless, a third round pick on a player of his talent, that's a win for me. Um, the Jets right and you know I'm never a big fan of off-season winners right I'm a I'm a New Jersey Devils fan in the NHL and they've been off-season winners for I think probably three years in a row and every year they disappoint the off-season means nothing the winners and losers I'm giving you you gotta keep it in context right these moves you know a couple of these players could bust out and you know it'll look way worse people are just making fun of the Seahawks giving them F rankings for the draft in which they took Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and look how that turned out right so we gotta take all this with a little bit of salt but I will say the Jets on paper had a fantastic fantastic draft Um, I really thought they would have gone with a pass rusher I really did that's where I had mocked I was surprised they took a cornerback but I mean, I love Sauce Gardner and I wanted to see him in a Giants uniform, but the the Jets were smart enough to take him. So they got a player for their secondary, which they needed, right? Um, at number ten, they took Garrett Wilson and who I who I thought was probably the best receiver. Right. There's I like Drake London too, big body, It really just depends on what kind of receiver, you know, teams wanted. But Garrett Wilson's a solid Wide receiver will help um, Zach Wilson a ton um, in the passing game, especially intermediate and, and deep. And then, um, like, I just, I, I'm really, really, really a fan of what they did. And I think that um, they will end up taking a step forward next year. Um, I really think the Jets will. I think they've been in the basement. Both New York teams have been in the basement for a while, and I think that I could see the Jets taking a step forward. You know, it really all depends on, on Zach Wilson. Um, if he doesn't pan out, then the team's going to take a huge step back. But I think they've done everything they can to um, you know, be a successful team. And I like the swings they took. Um, I like the fact they had a, another running back. Um, I think it seemed like they were just making selections that were the best value, and I think that's the, the way to play these drafts. So good on the Jets um, on doing that. Uh, a couple other teams that I liked. I like the Ravens. You know, Kyle Hamilton um, later in, uh, around, I think it was around pick 15, he went off the top of my head. That's a steal. I can't believe the Ravens ended up with, you know, Ed Reed v2. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and then they traded Hollywood Brown and we'll get to the Cardinals in a bit but they fleeced fleeced the Cardinals as far as I'm concerned and um, they got a first-round pick I think 23rd overall for Hollywood Brown a wide receiver who's been he's been good but certainly hasn't proven that he's a superstar in this league um, and they got another pick and it just massive overpay by the Cardinals but so the Ravens they won that trade and then they end up turning around, and they got to select uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, of course, the Ravens lost their starting center, Bradley Bozeman, um, this offseason. So now they got one to come in and you know maybe play guard. And I like what the Ravens are doing. I think they, they made a very solid choice. Now, the downside to what the Ravens did, what is going on with Lamar Jackson? Right? Like, that's... Every time I think of the Ravens, I think, what's going on there, right? Obviously, he was hurt last year. There's been no talk that they're really deep into contract negotiations. Does Lamar want to be there? There's talk that he wants to completely reset the market and have a fully guaranteed Deshaun um, Watson-type contract. Will the Ravens pay that for a player that relies upon his athleticism so much, Um, especially coming off an injured year? Who knows, right? Like, it's just... I don't know, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Lamar Jackson's family, like, is his agent? Like, it's just it's a very confusing situation, so we'll see how the Ravens look in the future, but on again, on paper right now, they look like an improved team, they were savvy with their resources, and I, and I liked what they did. Um, some of the winners, um, I like the fact that Carolina, and again, they didn't have many picks, this draft, so it's really hard to call them a winner. I like the fact they didn't reach for a quarterback. Um, my mock draft, I didn't expect them to, because they need to win now. So again, I expect that you know expected them to trade for May- Mayfield or Garoppolo. Instead, they got the um to start either guard or tackle for them, which I think is a good, a very solid need and a good fit for them. So I'm happy. I I think the Cardinals made the right, or sorry, the Cardinals the. The Carolina Panthers made the right choice in going offensive lineman and not reaching for a quarterback, because, I mean, Malik Willis fell into the third round, right? Like that's, that's crazy. Taking him at six or a, a six overall would have been just absolute um, nuts. Um. So those are some. Of the, so those are some of the winners, right? Um. I like I like what Detroit did. Um, you know, I thought the fact they got Aiden Hutchinson was huge. You know, um, they traded up for Jamison Williams, which was a confusing trade to me. Um, The fact that, A, the Lions traded with the Vikings, you know, divisional teams don't really trade that frequently, and the fact that, you know, Detroit was trading up from 32 to 10, that's a huge jump and they didn't really give up very much. I think the Vikings got fleeced on that trade. and. You know, when the Lions came up, I honestly expected it was going to be for a quarterback, but the fact they went with a wide receiver, um, who might be the best wide receiver in the league, and I realize it's kind of easy to say that because, you know, then if he does turn out to be the best receiver in the league, I'll, I'll look good. Um, that's not lost on me. But really, if he was healthy, you know, if he hadn't hurt himself, Jameson Williams probably would be the number one wide receiver, right? So, um, huge. Uh, you know, I, I thought, thought that was a very good selection as well, so I liked what the Lions did. Um, now, let's, now let's shift to some of the, the losers, right? Um, obviously, I, I said the Giants and the Eagles were winners. Well, the other two divisional um, teams, not nearly a, a big fan of. So uh, the Commanders... Yes, they traded down. They missed out on some wide receivers by trading down. They missed out on Kyle Hamilton, who I thought was a really good fit by trading down. Um, and I understand, you know, similar to the Giants, it's important to get resources. But then they traded down, and, I, you know, they missed out on Chris Olave, and then they missed Jameson Williams, and then they took Johan Dotson, and I love Johan Dotson. I think he could be a strong player. It's just, it was early for him. Um... I think they could have gotten a better player um, they need more than just a wide receiver we know the commanders need a wide receiver to go with Terry McLaurin but they need it they like they're not a wide receiver pick away and to me when you reach and again I think it was a reach in the first round on a wide receiver you know that that's for a team like the Packers right that are set to just need a wide receiver so you reach a little bit just seemed to me a questionable decision um, you know, especially because Carson Wentz is going to be throwing him the ball, right? So, I I think, yeah, just not not a fan of what the Commanders did. Also, it was kind of questionable what the Cowboys did. I'm not going to get into the Cowboys too much because I think everyone talks too much about the Cowboys, and I'm not going <laughs> to participate too much. But Tyler Smith, you know, I you know they they had to reach you know for a, for an O lineman. I thought it was a little early. That's all I'm going to say about the Cowboys. Thought it was a little early and. Uh, yeah that's all I'm gonna say the Cardinals right so I touched on this a little bit um, very very confusing right so the story with this Hollywood Brown trade from what I heard was that this at Hollywood Brown had made a trade request he wanted to get traded um, he asked the Ravens just didn't think he was a good fit for their system it was nothing against Lamar just didn't think he was a good fit he did this silently Apparently the Cardinals and, and Ravens had a deal in place for a while, and they were waiting to announce it on draft day. Um, Hollywood Brown was actually in Arizona at the draft party, so they wanted to make this big splash. But there's the way this went down is crazy, right? Because I'm not going to get philosophical here, but everything in life is timing, right? Timing is everything, and. When this trade went down, you know, we saw Hollywood Brown to Cardinals first round pick, initially I was like, okay, like, seems like an overpay, never, you know, not dissing Hollywood Brown, but like I said earlier, he hasn't been a superstar wide receiver, you know, doesn't necessarily feel like a good deal for the Cardinals, but then obviously the A.J. Brown trade happened and I'm like, wow, if that's what the ravens got for hollywood brown the titans didn't get much more for aj brown and it made the eagles look super smart because i mean if you had the choice between hollywood brown or aj brown you're probably going to take aj brown 10 times out of 10 right um so that trade, that's kind of back-to-back trade that kind has got back-to-back trades immediately made this trade look much worse um and it made the other you know the eagles look really good and the ravens look really good for getting the value they did it on hollywood brown so um Game. Timing is everything. If that, you know, those trades had happened days apart, we might not be thinking about this as much. But the fact they were so close together, it just made it look so much worse. The other thing that's confusing to me is you trade for Hollywood Brown, and who's who, you know who wants a new contract as well, right? You got to pay him. And from everything I've seen, there's been no solid contract discussions, right? You know, with AJ Brown trade. Um, they immediately signed A.J. Brown to to a four-year contract right away. And I'm back. Sorry about that. Another weekly introduction by my uh, little daughter, um, who I love very much. So as I was saying, they had the deal with A.J. Brown, the Eagles did. Right away, they signed the contract. And that's how you have to do it. You negotiate with the player on a contract before you trade with them. It's all about leverage. And what the Cardinals did is they traded for a player gave up more resources than they probably should for a player who wants a contract without a contract in place so now hollywood brown is sitting there with all this leverage in the world being like you paid up a lot of resources to get me the league knows you overpaid and you can't just let me walk you now have to pay me and you have to get a new agreement in place because if i walk or if you have to franchise take me it looks makes you look terrible and it's what happened with laramie tunsel right remember the Um, Texans traded for him um, from the Dolphins and they didn't have a new contract in place and he just took him to the cleaners because he's like, you spent all this stuff, all these picks on me. You're not gonna just let me go and sure enough, they paid him a ton of money. So I just, I thought it was kind of mind-boggling that number one, they paid that much and number two, if you paid that much, get a contract in place beforehand, especially if this deal was agreed to for so long like we heard. Now, maybe they'll come up with a contract offer and they'll get this deal signed at a reasonable amount, and none of this will matter. It will just, it just seems questionable at best. Um, and today I actually saw that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games to begin the year. So maybe that's why um, the Cardinals felt the need to make a trade for Oliver Brown. Maybe they felt like they needed it. Um, I wasn't, um, I wasn't a huge fan of, of the Jags. I mean, Trevon Walker, he's got all the intangibles, he's got the size. We'll really just see, you know, he could be an amazing player, he might be an average player, but to me, the safe selection was Aiden Hutchinson. And you know what, I'm not an NFL GM, um, and that's probably a good thing, but... I just felt like the Jaguars had a safe bet there to take in Hutchinson. was a good fit and they maybe got a little too cute. Um, another loser I felt like we got to put them together is, is the 49ers and um, the Browns because they were unable to get many resources uh, or any resources for their two quarterbacks um, that they're trying to trade and it wasn't a surprise that neither of them got traded. Um, maybe, maybe we thought they could and they still, they still may, but the fact they weren't able to get resources this year to me is a little bit of a, a loss. Um, and now these two situations are gonna carry on for who knows how long, right? Like at this point, who sees those players getting traded anytime soon? So we'll see. And maybe they'll get traded tomorrow. Don't make me look like a fool, but I certainly don't certainly don't know when it, when it will happen now because there's no no rush for that. So those are some of my winners, my draft winners and my draft uh, losers. And yeah, so the, like I said, the NFL draft is over. Now there's a quiet period. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of conditioning, OTAs, all that sort of fun stuff. We're gonna hear stories about uh, this player looks really good or this player's finally gonna have a breakout. Um, there's going to be contract disputes. We haven't heard the, you know, the last of uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, his contract situation, or from DK Metcalf, who, what's going on there. Um, so there's still a few pins left to drop um, in the off season. But for now, we can now go into looking forward, looking to this next year. So uh, next year, I'm going to revisit a few of my predictions. I had in and outs. Right, um, Teams that I thought were going to make the playoffs and teams that I thought were going to miss the playoffs. I'm going to go revisit that and make my final predictions there. We're going to have an episode about um, my estimation on team records. It was actually pretty accurate on that last year, so we're going to do that again. Um, and we're going to do team deep dive. So um, keep subscribed, follow, um, do all that good stuff for the slant so you don't miss a new episode. We love having you around to listen. Um, please reach out to me with any questions, concerns, feedback, all that good stuff. Would love to have some guests on if anyone would like to be a guest on. And yeah, we'll see you for the next episode.